Hello, and welcome to May We Recommend, a show where we talk about movies, music, and more. Today, I'm joined with Dwayne. How are you, Dwayne? Blair, I am doing super. It is an honor to be here on your fourth episode, I believe we're at. Um, this will be coming out, I think, sixth. Oh, the sixth. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. We, we don't do them all in order, and some are waiting in, in line there. But uh, this is going to be an employee pick, and Dwayne is our employee today, nice. and he has picked... I have picks. Are you looking at me, Larry? I am. I decided to talk about. Uh, first of all, you gave me the option to talk about a movie. I don't know why I had such a hard time trying to narrow it in on one, and finally, I decided to talk about a band that's been in my life for forty years. I'm going to talk about you two, uh, the band, what it's meant to me, uh, what Bono means to me, the, what the concerts mm-hmm. mean to me, what. Uh, what the DVDs have meant to me. So, yeah. That's... So you you told me off mic, we were talking about like prepping for the show, and you'd said you came to them a little bit late, right? Well, I, I did. I, so I grew up here in Holton, and my my musical background, it was very stunted, uh, if that's a good way to sure. it. We had WHOU, our local station, and that played pretty much top 40, the pop stuff back when I was a kid, the... Uh, Barry Manilow's the, the top forty pop. I, I I'm a fan of Barry Manilow. Well, you know what? I have bought a few of those and cracks myself. I got Mandy playing Doctor Copacabana. Ah, <laughs> uh, but we did have a station out of Press Kyle WDHP, and that ninety six point one, and that was kind of the rock station. Uh, but still, they didn't play the early U two. Uh, and it wasn't until I went to college, until I started hearing some of these bands. Look, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say when I heard, I used to go to these college parties and I would hear ACDC and Led Zeppelin and all this stuff. And I'm like, what kind of music is this? <laughs> and you 2 had kind of hit my radar a little bit. Uh, the early stuff, I think their first album was in 1980. I think yeah, it was Boy. Okay. Uh, so, okay. Look, I'm not an expert on this layer, so back me up here with all the facts. Well, so um, I came into U2 a little bit earlier. My parents were very much into music. Yeah. And so in my house, we had everything from Black Sabbath to Tom Petty, just albums, you know, LPs. Yeah. And so, like, I think I had a little, uh, what were those called? Play, play, play school uh, record player. Okay, sure. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you could put the little, uh, um, tiny little albums on it. It's called 45. 45. <laughs> yes, anybody who had a 45 is, I think you're going to get different answers. Yeah, the first piece. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I had... Um, you're talking about a U2 song. No, no, actually, it was David Bowie's uh, Space Oddity. And so, like, growing up, I had diverse music tastes, and then, you know, MTV would come on and things like that. Okay. And my sister was very into MTV. And so I remember it wasn't boy. I didn't come in and boy, that's 80, you know, but like, I think it was probably, um, rattle and hum. Okay. Sure. That was the album I came in on. That was after the Joshua tree. I think that, I think it was rattle and hum. Yeah. It might even been Joshua Tree, closer to 90. That's an 87 album. Like 87 is Joshua Tree. Sure. And that's when they blew up in America. Yeah. 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 And th- that's when we, you know, 
uh, Bono and black and white with not playing his guitar, but wearing one, you know, in his yeah. music video. I can't remember what video that was. Yeah. It might've been which streets have no name or yeah, yeah. something, but, um, but yeah, no, I have a very clear memory of growing up with more of you two, you know, being present and not really a band that I was totally into, but like a band that I was interested in nonetheless, cause they were ubiquitous to me, yeah. which is really weird that they were not here for you. I just assumed that was a nationwide phenomenon that like everybody's into you too. Well, yeah. So I think they were a nationwide phenomenon after, after, and this is just my humble opinion, after the Joshua Tree. Yeah. Uh, that changed everything for them, Lair. Uh, it's funny that you brought up Bowie as one of the 45s that you had because every, look, I think I was in my 30s or 40s when I went to my first concert, and it was a U2 concert. Mm. And I've been to four so far, and at every uh, U2 concert, they always play Space Odyssey. Really? By David Bowie. So Bowie had a profound effect on that band. Yeah. Bono, is he is such a huge fan of America. Yeah. He is in love with the... Con he, he always says we're not a, really a country, we're a concept, we're an idea. As a poor kid growing up in Ireland, he is blown away by by America. He's he, he truly loves us. Well, that's amazing because like you don't see that in a lot of bands, you know, like uh, and I'm afraid I share in some of the cynicism sometimes where I'm like oh, America, you know, yeah, like you know, you're traveling abroad, you're like, should I say I'm Canadian, you know, <laughs> like, right. but but no, like it is cool to hear that because like you know, Rammstein has that living in America song. Rammstein, I guess. Uh, and it's about how America's taken over the world, yeah. like through Mickey Mouse and Coca-Cola and yeah. just we're everywhere. Yeah. And Bono sees that as a good thing. That's that, I, I like that. He, I was just watching uh, a YouTube. I'd heard the story before. I'd heard him t uh, tell it, but I was watching it uh, before I came over here this morning, Lair, uh, an interview that he did with Conan O'Brien. Mm. And they were talking about the Irish mentality opposed to the American mentality, which Bono, uh, he just, he loves. He, he loves how anyone can be anything in America. He said, in America, when you grow up, you go to the most beautiful house that lives up on the top of the hill in your town. And you say, someday, if I work hard, that's going to be me up there in that house. And he said, now growing up in Ireland, he grew up in Dublin. You would go to that house up on the top of the hill. You would look at it as a young kid and you would say, someday I'm going to get that son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's I, 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 a good story. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I guess it's interesting again, like that, uh, the idea of an American dream in contrast, cause I don't know, like I'm third generation American. Yeah. Uh, and my, my, ancestors go back to Ireland yeah and and so like it's interesting to hear that because I have no idea what the Irish mentality is yeah you know like just growing up you hear like local stories about your family you don't think about the oppression that they went through and why they ended up in America yeah that's not something that would casually come up you know <laughs> so yeah like uh but hearing that, you know, like you're, you're, you're destitute. You see somebody doing better. You're not trying to better yourself. You want to take them down. <laughs> that seems about right. <laughs> what, what blows me away about these four lads from Dublin, 
let's see, who's in the band? Of course, we have Bono, real name Paul, Paul Hewson. Larry Mullen Jr.? Uh, that's the drummer. Larry Mullen Jr. Yeah. is the drummer. Uh, we have, of course, the Edge. Oh, right. Yeah, it's for guitar. <laughs> and then on, on bass, we have Adam Clayton. Yeah. And they're all in their 60s now. I think the probably the, the, the median age is 63. Yeah. And these are four kids in high school. The drummer was Larry Mullins, who said he posted uh, in their high school, he posted a, 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 just a piece of paper up on the, what do you call it? The, the bulletin board. Yeah. yeah. Want to join a band? Who wants to be in a band? And these four people got together, these four young kids. And look, there is nothing oh. exceptional about their lives. You're saying young. How young were they? Uh, you know, about 17, 18 years old. Really? Yeah. When they did that first album, Boy, they were 20 years old. Oh, wow. And it blows me away that here they are now in their 60s. And I'm about to be 60 next year. And I think that's why I have such a fascination with this band. I, I literally feel like I've grown up with them. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, the Bono up today, the 63-year-old Bono, He's nowhere near that kid when, who who first started singing these songs in Boy. But, you know, but here he is, 63 years old, still singing these songs when, you know, when you're 17, 18, 19, you're a child when you're writing this stuff. Oh, yeah. And I mean, that's what blows me away, too, is their lyrics and presentation of the music is much more mature than apparently they were at the time, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they they weren't singing about fast cars or their girlfriends. They yeah. were singing about a little bit about girlfriend. When was that? <laughs> I said a little bit about girlfriends. <laughs> well, yeah, really. We all we all think that a little bit, but they were doing New Year's. Oh yeah, New That's Year's true. New Year's Day, uh, Pride. Yeah, uh, Martin Luther King. I mean, the Sunday Bloody Sunday. So, right. Yeah, the Sunday Bloody Sunday, which historically I should know more about what that means in Ireland, but it's it's yeah. it's a significant day in Irish history, right, Blair? Sure. I, I don't know. I thought it was about the assassination of Martin Luther, or of, uh, of uh, JFK. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It's, okay. I'll so, tell you what. I see you moving around uh, now. I think Sunday, bloody Sunday was a day which, well, here we go. We're, we're learning as we speak here. All right. And so it is... And the drums banging, the military drums that Larry Mullins does in that song. It is uh, 13 Catholics were shot by British soldiers. So um, I might cut this back a little bit and uh, give it the reverence it needs. I I suppose that that is something that uh, I should really look into. Because, like, I, you know, again, not the biggest U2 fan. I'm like, uh, I think it's about this, obviously. Right. You know, uh, you're a little bit more well versed in it, yeah. But like, uh, yeah, no, that seems pretty deep. I think I should dig into that a little bit. Well, as young men, they came, they, yeah. Those first few outs, I mean, they were talking about some big issues. Mm-hmm. I think I kind of like the band now. I mean, they they look. You're still a young man. I think you're in your forties. I'm in there on the other side of forties. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> the side. I'm rubbing sixty hard. I'll be sixty next year. And now their music is getting much more reflective and softer. And, you know, most kids today, they they would say, hey, is that the band that did Beautiful Day? Sure. Uh, And, you know, and that's just celebrating life and finding the beauty in life. And 
I think that's why I appreciate the band as well, too. When you're young, you come out and you're fighting and you're changing the world and you want to take on all these big issues. And then when you get older, you kind of realize that, you know, what's, what's, well, I was going to say what's maybe more important in life, but it's what you mm-hmm. prioritize as being important in life. And maybe because, or it could be your fight, it may not be done, but your part in it is over. Wow. <laughs> wow, you know what? Because it, it is a young man's world when they're yeah. fighting and changing and moving things. And uh, that's that's interesting. Their last three albums have been extremely Songs of Innocence, I think Songs of Experience, and their last one was Songs of Surrender, in which they stripped down all of their hits, and they pretty much do it a cappella. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. And that's an interesting take. It is. and Does it hit? Or we say, and it misfires for me a little bit because I think I'm still, I have this juxtaposition of this angry, intense band that just is so emotional. And now for some reason they're singing these same songs, but they're doing it so softly and stripped down. But you know, that's, that's where they are. And it seems like it loses a little bit of meaning doing it that way. Yeah. Yeah. It really feels like elevator music. <laughs> oh man. I'm on So for me, a band that hit that way was, uh, talking heads like awesome. So young to be singing about such heavy topics, you know, like they, I think they, they're, they're a little more cynical. Okay. I think they look at um, small town America and see the like beauty in it, but also like the dirtiness of it, like the way they talk about things, you know. Okay, so what's song talking about? Well, a, a couple of different ones. I mean, like if you take "And She Was," that's a song about just being on LSD in a small town. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had no idea. Yeah, that it was about. Yeah, and then um, people like us. It always makes me a little sad, but it's like. Uh, the lyrics are like, people like us, we don't answer the telephone. People like us growing big as a house. You know, like, we don't need money. We don't need freedom. We just need somebody to love. That's the little chorus in there. But you can see yeah. so much going on in just that stanza. Yeah. You know, like, and I haven't, I, I find it with them, you know, you're you're writing this music and you're young. You're really young. Yeah. And you're writing as if you were had had experience, you know, right. enough experience to go through it. Uh, but now with you two, they were doing the same thing, writing this passionate music when they were young. But now that they have gone through it, yeah, it's definitely softened. That oh. is what you're saying. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're like. They're like room temperature better now. <laughs> oh, no. They're pretty soft. Uh, uh, but I, I think another reason why this band has always just stuck with me so much, uh, the passion is still there. I, I don't believe, I think Bono is incredibly passionate. The mm-hmm. Edge is a beautiful musician. His guitar, I mean, if you hear a song, and if you, you can listen to five seconds of the guitar and you're going to say, that's the edge. Uh, I don't know how he can be so unique and distinctive uh, in I, his playing. I see that with Brian May. Now, who's Brian May? Is that from Queen? Yeah. Okay. And he, I, the what? He's the guitarist. Okay. And I, I, I feel like you, you walk in with a Brian May melody and yeah. 
and uh you you get that feeling you know like yeah like even uh killer queen like you know i'm not cutting i'm cutting that let's keep that in. It, it, it walks in and uh i i find that like there are certain guitar basses yeah. right yeah taking the edges guitar playing yeah. let's claypool from primus okay amazing basis you know it's him it's a signature sound okay you know huh. so i think that's what it is is like with the edge he's got a signature sound that comes in on it yeah you know you're, you're gonna know the difference between him and slash yeah where did the edges name come from i have no idea in fact i was sitting here trying to think what the edges real name is and i don't know uh i love the edge i think he's yeah. incredibly cool uh, I love the little beanie that no, I was just about to say the little beanie <laughs> and, and during the if if we go back to eighty seven in the Joshua Tree era, yeah, he had on I don't know some kind of a cowboy hat, uh, the cowboy hat, not a pork. Uh, what what is it? Uh, if Joshua Tree is it on the cover? Yeah, if you look up the Edge Joshua Tree layers on his computer right now checking this out hey, yeah, normally we do and, this in the background and no one knows that i'm doing oh sorry i i, I guess <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm just laying my soul right out here larry big time yeah no you're telling how oh, the sausage see, gets made you know what what an iconic uh, to me too i just love that picture yeah what is that hat well that's like a preacher's hat it's kind of cool though yeah yeah, it kind of looks like what Elsa had in 1883 to the TV show a couple of years ago. I, I love that hat. But I think, look, I'm getting into real dangerous territory. I think he was going bald as well. Oh, yeah. I think that's why he wears it. But he rocks it. Well, you know, as a balding man. As a very handsome boy. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do appreciate a good beanie. <laughs> <laughs> Amen on that. Yeah. Uh, but uh no so edge's guitar playing yeah brought it invokes to you this is a this is the edge does yeah. bono singing do the same thing i mean oh my god yeah i mean and larry's just keeping time so i mean <laughs> it's funny i think quite well larry i've heard over and over larry is the glue that holds that band together so i'm kind of a wannabe drummer Okay. And I can't really, you know, I can't really hear Larry drumming and say, oh my God, that's Larry Mullins. He's so distinctive. Except on like Sunday, bloody Sunday. Sure. And it's such a militaristic uh, uh, cadence that, that he's yeah. playing. But Bono's voice is, he's got a beautiful voice. Uh, Bono's father, uh, my partner Kim bought me a book uh, for my birthday. It was called Surrender. It's it's from it's right. Ports' last album, and his father was uh, heavy, heavy, heavy into opera, mm -hmm. and his father was a tenor. And, oh, and like he was literally in the opera. Well, how about this? This is where I'm not. I know he loved it. He loved to listen to it, and I think he did sing, and I think he was a tenor because in the the uh the video i was going to talk about uh you two go home live from slain castle yeah. which was i think it was filmed sep uh september the 1st 2001 uh about three quarters of the way through that uh through that 
I call it a DVD, but the concert. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm showing my age here. Uh, they talk about, I think, the edge. I think the edge, and maybe it's the edge, or maybe it's uh, Adam Clayton. Uh, Bono talks about their fathers walking home when they were pissed from drinking all night, and and they were singing arm in arm. They were singing tenor opera, and each one of the fathers gave the, their boys five hundred bucks to help start the band. You do, yeah. and if you've ever, I don't know if you've ever tried to sing to a U two song. I have. <laughs> no, no, I can't sing, man. Bono has a sneaky voice. Uh, he starts incredibly low. And then as the song progresses, probably about a minute into the song, he's gone up two octaves. He's he's a tenor. You uh, two songs are really, really hard to sing. And Bono moves me because of the passion in his voice. Uh, but I will share... Uh, for 20 years, uh, a little bit longer than 20 years, I taught high school English. And uh, I was a very, oh, let's, let's just say, very emotional teacher in which when, when I would read a poem or we would read a short story or we would read a play or a novel, I connected emotionally with it, and it was sincere, and I felt like my students could feel that, and we would have some uh, amazing discussions. And when I listened to Bono sing, I know he's singing about hurt, uh, things that he's gone through. It's real. I tell you what, if I find out he's just faking it, <laughs> I, 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 you're burning off all of you. You know what? I, I probably wouldn't because they're, they're my go-to. When I walk into my house, I cannot stand a quiet house. I always walk into the house and say, Alexa, play uh, U2X radio on Sirius XM. <laughs> and thank God for people like me that yeah. have a, they they have have a, a whole station. They have a whole station. Yeah. And I just listen to it over and over and over. You, see, Tom Waits was that for me. Now, I'm a huge punk fan, and punk is all passion. Yeah. I mean, it's anti-disestablishmentarianism that's the separation of church and state so i don't know why i'm bringing that into it yeah. uh, but it, it's anti-establishment that's what i wanted to say yeah anti-establishment uh political views social views yeah. it, it's raw and when i listen to that now a lot of people are like that's just angry noise yeah. it isn't if, <laughs> if you listen to it it has like so much passion and uh message behind it that like will pull you in and it makes you feel something. So mine, mine was a little bit of a different beat, but Tom Waits on the other hand. Yeah. Also probably hard to get into yeah. for some people, but, um, that is my, I'm cleaning the house, washing the dishes, or I'm, I'm crying in my coffee. Yeah. You know, like he, he runs that emotional gambit. Yeah. 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 Like, like, uh, yeah. So he is, he is to me what I think you two is to you. Okay. Yeah. So you're, and it's interesting. We're, we're good friends here, Lair, but punk. Now, I don't think I've ever listened to or enjoyed, I'll be honest. I don't think I've ever listened or enjoyed a punk song in my life. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. Well, I, you know, I had put together recently a playlist for Kevin, uh, that was an intro to punk. Cause yeah. he, he's like, comes to me and said, you know, I just listened to my first Stooges song. Yeah. Uh, Iggy Pop's early band. Iggy Pop. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, if you like that. And then as that, like, 
gate open of like, here's too much stuff. Okay. You know, like go home and do homework. <laughs> you know, so like, and I don't think he's ever listened to the thing. Is this our Kevin that we work with? Yeah. That we know? Yeah. Okay. All right. And so um, I, I will totally share that with you. It's on Spotify. All right. Um, I'll share that playlist with you. It okay. is, um, it, it goes from Patty Smith to like some newer bands. I'm not a huge fan of a lot of the newer punk, uh, but uh the the older stuff i i think you personally if you were to get into something i'd suggest stiff little fingers for you <laughs> stiff little fingers they're also an irish band they're an irish punk band okay um and the song i think you'd like best would probably be tin soldier tin soldier yeah okay. stiff little fingers stiff little fingers okay you don't think of the title too much it'll make you sad oh okay and the title is Tin Soldier? Yeah, not, I'm talking about the, the name of the band. Oh, yeah, the name of the band, right. Right, we'll, we'll talk about that uh, when we're not recording. That's, yeah. that's interesting. So that's funny that you mentioned Patty Smith, too. Smith or Smythe? Smith. Smith, okay. Yeah. Because I know she has collaborated with Bono as well. But, and Bono was... He was heavily influenced, I think, when he first came out in U2 uh, by the punk scene mm -hmm. uh, that was happening. Is it Robert, help me out, Robert Smith? That's your horror. Have they been around a long time? Yeah, they've been, been around mm -hmm. in the 70s? Uh, 70s, I don't, I'm not for sure. I, I like The Cure. Yeah. You know, everybody gets depressed. Yeah. Uh, so, like, yeah. you know, they're, they're a fun band, but I don't, I don't know their discography. And there is a, I just wrote down, there's a song that she does with uh, Bono, Something the People, is it Power to the People, is there, is that ringing a bell? It's not, you know, I saw her live in Seattle uh, in the early 2000s, and I bet she played it, but yeah, I couldn't tell you out of the lineup. Yeah. All I wanted to hear was Gloria. <laughs> Which one? The G-L-O-R-A-A, Gloria? Yeah, um, but her version. Her version? Yeah. I, I will play it for you after this. Okay, good. I'll play you a couple snippets of a different, a few different things. So this is interesting. We're, here we are talking about music, and it's quickly becoming apparent to me that we could not probably be any more different in our in our musical backgrounds. <laughs> because some of those bands that you were talking about first – Primus, uh, mm -hmm. I don't think I know a Primus song. <laughs> Ramstein, uh, is that what you said? Ramstein, Ramstein, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know who that is. The, well, I'm not okay. So Primus is actually was pretty big, uh, like in uh, alternative scene. Okay, uh, Ramstein, huh? I don't know if they were ever really big in America. Yeah. They they had a, a hit for a little while called uh, "Du hast mich." Okay, what's that mean? Uh, she hates me. You hate me. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it it's it's not what you think it is. Um, <laughs> no. It's weird stuff, though. But like um, again, if you give it a second and you listen to it, you may not like the rhythms that come out. You may not like the vocal stylings that there is. Yeah. But when you listen to the lyrics, or you combine the two and that music hits you, it may hit you right. Yeah. You know, and maybe not been something you liked at first, but it brings you into it. Yeah. Primus lyrics aren't really important. Um, <laughs> it's just a good band altogether. Yeah. It's okay. fun. Yeah. They're, they're very, uh, I'd say 
psychedelic in a way, but not in the seventies funk psychedelic okay. scene. Oh. They're their own like hillbilly funk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th- that sounds interesting. I might have to listen to them. Yeah. Uh, it's funny when you say when music hits you. Look, it, I can still listen to. Right before I came over, uh, I watched. Uh, the filming of the video, the official video for Where the Streets Have No Name. Okay. Uh, it, from 1987, where the band got up on top of a liquor store. Pulling a Beatles stunt. Pulling a Beatles. Yeah. Right? And it was on 7th, I think they said it was 7th and Main Street in uh, downtown L.A. And I've watched that video literally probably 200 times 300 times and it still moves me and i don't know how i can listen to for some reason this band never fails to move me uh do you do you watch a lot of the behind the scenes or read a lot of behind the scenes on their making of or uh you know their music or just not 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 a lot larry well you were saying that you got the book surrender I, I do have the book Surrender. Yeah, that was given to me by my partner, and I'm reading it, and I'm just blown away how these four young lads from Ireland, I mean, there's nothing special about them. Yeah. I mean, they could be four people from our, four young boys from our hometown, yeah. and suddenly they just catch on, and, and, and they take the world by storm. No, they came from fairly affluent families, did they not? Well, one of them, uh, I'm trying to think from that book, Surrender. One of them had money. I'm trying to think who it was. One of the four boys had money. Uh, Bono did not have money. They were they were very typical middle class. Yeah. They were comfortable. They're comfortable. Okay. And they all live, you know, all the houses look the same and all the lanes. Because I saw that private school they were going to and I was pretty impressed. <laughs> No, no, yeah. right? It was just public high school, wasn't it? Well, I thought it was a private. Oh, was it, it public? I that I don't know. I might be telling tales. Okay. Um, but again, I am not coming across as any kind of authority. At no, all. no, this is just a recommendation. I don't, I don't expect you to. Uh, Mount Temple Comprehensive School. I don't know if it is private or public, but it looks like a beautiful building. <laughs> okay, I mean. I, I, if I were to see that, I would definitely think Ivy League. Uh, but it could just be Irish. Oh, well, no, uh, how about this? I do know they were not Ivy League at all. Okay, that that makes... Not that I'm a classist or anything, but I do feel that like people who struggle make better music and art. Sure. And so when yeah. you find out somebody came from a rich family, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, like there's a little bit of a letdown because you're like, well, you didn't really have the struggles yeah. that you're pretending to. Yeah. You know, like you still have your voice and you're very smart and you're doing a very good thing, yeah. but you don't have the background. Like, like it, I don't want people to have that background, but it, it definitely makes, like I said, for a better art. Yeah. 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 I, I think one of them in the band, I forget which one, their father worked at the airport or something in aero, aerodyna, uh, dynamics. I think it was the airport in Dublin and he was considered the uh you know the elite and it was still you know by I think by today's standards it was you know it was a nice job but it wasn't yeah it, the, it, it was no silver spoon or anything right like that. yeah no no like it, you know maybe not full-on working class but not short of it can I make some personal connections to some of these songs oh I'd love you to all right I think the 
So you've used the phrase hitting hard quite a few times. Uh, as uh, Bono and his father, they had this tumultuous relationship. Mm. And they never really saw each other eye to eye. And they both had a this love of music. I think Bono's father had this love of uh, operatic music. And and it's funny how, how a son, you, 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 you naturally kind of bristle against your father but you want to be like him as well <laughs> can, say that, yeah. can, can you follow in his footsteps and and it's funny there's this one song that bono does with uh luciano pavarotti what is it what is it Sar- sarajevo he always does it in his concerts and luciano he comes and you know he's singing in that high pitch operatic and I can't stand the song. It drives me crazy. Yeah, it drives me crazy. But it's super important to to Bono. And I always wonder if uh, if it's because he's thinking about his father and his love for opera, which will take me to the song to this day. I've I've got a playlist on uh, YouTube. It's this a cappella version of Bono walking through the streets of Dublin. And the song is called "Sometimes You Can't." Look, I'm, I'm gonna, t- <laughs> I'm gonna choke up about it right now. And it's sometimes you can't make it on your own, and uh, and it's when his father's dying. Oh, when Bono's father is dying. So is this song written to his father? Yeah, it's a song about his father, <laughs> and it every time, every time I even talk about it, I think about it, I just connect so hard. Uh, uh, you're the same, you and I. Da, da, da. I'm afraid I don't know it. But you don't know that one? I don't. But uh, that you don't have to give up the fight. You don't have to always be right. And he just talks about he was he was talking about the night that his father was passing. He was in the hospital with him. Yeah. Just let me take some of the. Just let me take some of the punches for you tonight. And that's, it's kind of, a, oh, that is, it's a beautiful song. Yeah. It's like a love song to his father. He's, first of all, saying goodbye. I'm here with you. I love you. Uh, I lost my father a few years ago. So maybe that's why as I get older, I still continue with this band. And I mean, that song absolutely kills me. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll, I'll look into it after this. Like, that, I, I can I didn't connect with you two, like I said, but you're making me connect with you two in a way that I want to take a look and investigate a little bit further. Right. I'm interested in this now. Would you write that down for me? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll send it to you. Yeah, yeah I'll, uh, I'll text you everything that we need to know. There, there was also, when, I, when you two first came into my life, you know, Joshua Tree. That's you know. That's like saying, "Hey, I'm a big fan of this band, but only because it's their most you know famous work." Oh, sure. And I was hanging out at a buddy's house one night, and this guy is he he's a real audiophile. He's got a beautiful setup. Uh, he's got the he's got the speaker. He, he's just so into music. And Pearl Jam is his go-to. But whenever I hang out with him. He, he, in fact, he's the, he's the person who turned me with, with Zassin must be 10. No, 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 it's, no, it's not. He's the person who took me to my first U2 concert up in Montreal. 
Oh, uh, we went. I think that was probably about ten years ago now. And uh, they did a, they did a three night gig up in Montreal, and they actually built. It, I think it was a horse racetrack or something outside, and they built a stadium just for three shows outside. Jeez, and there were. Think it was between sixty and seventy thousand people. Oh, yeah, outside. Could they handle? Well, it's Montreal; they can handle it. Well, oh, it was so yeah. different than going to a concert here in the United States. But we went, you know, here at a concert at the U.S. You had to, you know, walk down. It takes you forty minutes to buy a beer or something, and then come back up into the stands. In this one, I think we each ordered seven beers and we look like beer vendors <laughs> and we came up to our seats and we just sat there and as they went through their songs to hear 60 or 70,000 people at the same time singing you know and I still haven't found yeah. what I'm uh, searching for or looking for it was it was just it sent chills through me because I'd never been to a concert yeah and I'd never experienced what it sounds like to have 60 or 70,000 people singing at the same time. Uh, I will tell you, the highlight probably of my life, besides the birth of my children, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, it's okay to laugh <laughs> on that one. No, the drinking when you said <laughs> It was when my partner and I went down to where the Patriots played. Well, the Joshua Tree came out in, in uh, 1987. 30 years later, uh, we uh, they were celebrating the re-release of yeah. the Joshua Tree album, and they played the entire album from start to finish. Oh, that's great. Uh, it was yeah. phenomenal. It was a beautiful, no pun intended, it was a beautiful day. It was sunny. We had just, it was just the perfect vibe happening there. And to hear an album that I've listened to probably 10,000 times, uh, played in the exact sequence. It was. It was just. It was. It, yeah. it was incredible. Yeah. No. I. I have had that experience at concerts before, where they, you go. You've got the album. They're playing the album, and it's great, right? Yeah. You know, like uh, it's better than when you're sitting there and you're like, I know you. You want us to listen to your new stuff, but come on, play the hits. <laughs> you know, right. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, so that that's very cool, man. Well. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you wanted to touch on or? No, I'm just trying to think, blah, blah, blah. I know we've kind of rambled all over the place, but. Yeah, I think this went very well. I'm actually very interested in it coming out and I look forward to having you back on it. All right, good. Well, if that's an invite to maybe come back and talk about it again in the future. Oh, absolutely. Consider me in there, young man. Yeah, no. Um, next week we'll be doing, uh, Drei Hassanus of Aschenbrodel. Uh, with Paulina. Thank you. Bye.